but you kind of realize real quickly that we're all made of the same stuff, like same muscle, same bone, same brain. It doesn't matter. Focus, ask questions. If somebody says like something and then you don't really know, I mean, I was, I was after class, I was talking to the guy and I was like, look, man, I need to eat, breathe and sleep base jump. I didn't get that much sleep in the course either. Think about yourself in a rocking chair when you're 80 years old and are you, you willing to live out the rest of your years peacefully knowing that you did everything you wanted to do? It can be anything. It can be Star Wars. It can be Lord of the Rings. It can be the Bible. It doesn't matter. The book with your heroes is the one that you should take because we end up becoming the heroes that we enjoy. Diving into shit. I mean, that's what got us here. So uh, try not to do too much homework on stuff. It kind of draws people away. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, visit naturalstacks.com. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, and as you can see on the video, joined by not one, but three guests this week. We have, if you're watching on video from your left to right, we have Josh, Brady, and Jordan. Gentlemen, thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks, yeah, man. Thanks, thanks, for you. thanks for having us. A quick background for you guys listening on how this happened and, and what we're going for here today. I have recently met these three guys who are, you know, as you saw in the title, or the description for this podcast, young veterans, recently retired military, and they have a really cool story about what they plan to do going forward. They've actually all gone in together and, and bought a sailboat. They're going to sail around the world and do some cool shit. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, their concept of endless frontier, living with purpose, living with passion, and how their background, how their training, and, and the skill sets that, that they've kind of built onto themselves, and the traits that they have acquired and, and already had, how those will facilitate you know, their adventures, but also kind of that passion for living optimal, as we like to say. So we're going to have some fun today, and just a heads up, for transparency, I'm not trying to be cool by being vague. At the request of these guys, we want to try to have a little bit of ambiguity on their service. So, you know, we're not going to be mentioning things about particular branches or, or anything like that. So, gentlemen, my first question to you guys I told you before, the Optimal Performance Podcast is all about mental and physical performance. You guys have a mindset that, that I love. You know, we've had several conversations already. Our listeners love you know, that, that same mindset. So Josh, you actually said something Friday night. that I, it, I wrote this down uh, and, and it, it hit me the moment you said it, but I've actually written it down too. You, know, you said, and I'm gonna paraphrase, but you said, I'm not who I am because of what I've done. I did what I've done because of who I am. Can you talk about you know, some of those traits and qualities that you know, maybe were in you from the beginning that made you want to go down the route that you chose at 17 or 18? Because not a lot of people are ready to make that commitment and sacrifice at that age. To be honest, I don't think anyone is ready for that. You just kind of have a, an idea of what it's going to be and you get there and it's completely different and you're young and stupid just like you know, the other guys standing beside you. But you kind of realize real quickly that we're all made of the same stuff, like same muscle, same bone, same brain. It doesn't matter. You know, I, neither I nor you are, you know, are special. It's, it's all about, you know, mindset. And everyone's is going to be different. 
mine just happened to be, you know, stubborn and prideful. And so I, you know, used that to my advantage and got through a lot of hard stuff. So what made you want to go that route? I mean, at the time, it was probably patriotism and uh, a little bit of romanticism. But, you know, after a while, it just kind of becomes a job, kind of becomes something that, you know, you're good at, so you keep on doing it. But, you know, we found something else, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Brady, Jordan, you guys have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, for me, it was just uh, like a turn of the page. I, I just wanted to get out of my hometown and kind of uh, experience uh, life in a different light. And so I, I think that was, uh, I think it offered that and then, and then some. You know, I didn't realize that the people that I would meet and, like, some of the mentors that I took on, you know, 18, 19, that were just, like, my buddies, you know, in the same boat. I think it was, like, the oldest guy was, like, 30. And so he was able to, uh, you know, really take me under his wing. And so I learned a lot, a lot more from those guys as opposed to, like, you know, some of the instructors that we had or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely curiosity for me. Okay. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Uh, just curiosity, getting out there, seeing new things. Back in my hometown, I went ahead and turned over every rock I could. So now it's branching out to something bigger. And joining the military was one of the things that, you know, go see the world, go have experiences, meet new people. You, you really meet a diverse culture of guys, in not only in the U.S., mm-hmm. But I mean, from the east, I'm, I'm from California, so you know, the California people, then you're meeting New Yorkers and Texans and all these other people, it's just a hodgepodge of different guys. So you, you really get a fast, fast exposure to so many different people just in the US, just in the US alone. Right. And that, that's what attracted me and kept me doing what I was doing. But again, you know, we, we found a, another passion that we're going after and that's living one passion to the next, not having anything really hold you back. Now, you guys are, um, you've been through training that is uh, notorious for, for being difficult. Talk to our audience about maybe some of the mental tricks that you guys used. I'm willing to bet that there were days or nights where maybe you thought twice about the decision or uh, the, the idea crossed your mind to, to quit, to, to wash out, but you guys, obviously you didn't. What were some of those tricks that you used to push through the the tough times? I mean, to me, I just kind of, I just kind of tricked myself. You know, I, I told myself every single day that you know I liked it, no matter how much it hurt. I liked it, no matter how much pain I was in. I liked it. And eventually, you know, after a couple thousand times of telling yourself that, you start to believe it, and so you can you can get past a moment of weakness just because you've been. You've been saying this mantra over and over and over again. That was kind of my trick. Yeah, for me, I think it was uh, maybe I was just a little too young, a little too dumb. You know, I didn't think there was any other way but to like finish it out. And so, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't ever feel that way. But the biggest thing for me was just taking it in small bites, like super small bites, like meal to meal. And sometimes I would split those in half. You know, I'd carry like a little. Snickers in my pocket, and I would, so I cut the meals in half. Like, all right, in thirty minutes or so, I can have that little Snickers, and I wouldn't really know what thirty minutes was. I wasn't carrying a watch or anything, so I was just like, I would feel for it, you know. And then it was like, boom, it was like breakfast already. I was like, oh, sweet, you know. Just like go to those phases of the day, and that that was a huge help. But for the for the most part, I was young and dumb. I think I've heard somebody say that before. That like just make it to the next meal. Yeah, yeah, I really like Josh's. Uh example of having a focus on and convincing yourself that what you're doing and convincing yourself that you like it. I, I, I did that a couple times. I, I did a lot of breathing. I did a lot of going to my happy place. I don't know if you've ever heard that. What was your happy place? So my happy place was usually somewhere else, completely different from what I was doing. I'd, I'd kind of tune out and I just, I would just get into this trance of doing whatever I was told to do and continue doing it. But my happy place was sometimes it was, it was on a mountain. Sometimes it was thinking of different foods I'd be eating. Sometimes it was like, man, you know, this man, I don't know what's next. I'm kind of curious, you know? No, this is great because I think whether it's stress at at work or, or at home or, you know, just regular life, I mean, 
th those are great tips and examples that can be applied to, to you know, everyday life. I mean, and, and we'll talk about this in a minute, uh, how you guys are using these skills and assets, you know, going forward in your, in your future adventures. But you know, I really just want to pull that out of you guys so our listeners can hear it and, and figure out a way to apply those to you know, everyday situations. Because, you know, it, 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 we know that the average American, the average human is incredibly stressed and maybe not balancing stress, you know, sympathetic and parasympathetic state as well as we should. So, um, I like that. I mean, you know, so for you guys listening, find your own happy place. It doesn't always have to be a mountain or, you know, your foods may be different from Jordan's, but you know, that's a great example. You know, one more question kind of on, on you guys, you know, on the background stuff. We've done a previous podcast. So for you guys listening, if you've not heard the one, I, I believe it was the episode was actually stronger, faster, harder to kill, but it was with the guys from atomic athlete. And, uh, and we talked about building assets, becoming an asset, not a liability. And we talked about how all these skills that we develop, we're just adding into our own arsenal. You know, we're, we're, we're adding them onto our, our body. What was, what's probably the biggest skill that, that you learned through your training or your career that maybe you didn't expect or didn't have prior to that? Probably a very, very healthy respect for, uh, and I mean, this is obviously related to, you know, military service, but a very, very healthy respect for danger and injury, you know, and so you, you walk into every situation understanding, like, that you're going to assess this before you get there because, you know, there's a possibility that you might get hurt. That doesn't necessarily apply to everything, but even to working out, you know, if I come in with the understanding that I may get hurt, then I understand I need to prepare properly in order to... uh you know, keep myself safe. I would argue that, I mean, that would, that could apply to a business deal. I mean, know the, know the upsides, downsides, know the potential risks, um, you know, or, or starting a business or, you know, anything in life. It's, you've got to be prepared and know. I think it's applicable. For me, I didn't really find it until I think it was about three years in. And it was just that, uh, getting in touch with yourself, finding out who you are first, you know, that, uh, emotional intelligence just toward yourself and kind of uh starting with that opposed to you know just going out in the blind and so uh, another thing too i mean i think that what what this ex whole experience has given me is a, a relevant scale like not taking everything so seriously and then like even with certain problems i just feel like you know on this relevant scale that i've, I've built up in my mind it's uh you know, some of that stuff doesn't matter from what's, what's really happening in life. And so it's helped me enjoy the little things and enjoy life a lot more. So I've, I've really taken that out from my, my six years of, of serving. So, Yes, I would agree with the same thing. It's, it's all of it is really just another level of awareness that you kind of go into when you do something like that. Um, not only through the the skills that you have to learn, but the trials and tribulations and the adversity that you face. And, and that's why, why I think this whole trip kind of brings in a, a very good, a very great appeal for us is that it's another thing of adversity, just like we had back with those six, six years, nine months, seven years, even, you know, it's like, there's so much growth through that. I mean, already we've been growing just us three, like strengthening each other and, and the boat as well, you know, not forgetting that it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a steep learning curve. And it, we, we've got to experience that earlier on. And now we just want to move on to the next thing and do that and keep on bringing that with us. You mentioned the boat. I stalked you guys. I've seen the Instagram pictures where you've found a mentor yeah. for the boat. I mean, did you guys know how to sail before you decided to do this? Absolutely not. So right, right there, I think like that's, that speaks to the mindset of, you know, where you guys are, who you guys are. It's like, this would be a really cool thing to do, except we don't know how to do it, but we're going to do it anyway. And, and I think that's really cool. Like you, you didn't let what you didn't have or didn't know stop you from pursuing this thing. And you said, look, we can learn how to sail and that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, did, did that come from the military training or you know walk us through like that that first conversation that you guys had where you were about to do this jump jump off on this thing where you you didn't really have 
all the things you needed to do to be able to do it. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that that's where I think that exposure, the military definitely exposed us to the, we you know call it getting thrown into the fire and learning real quick. But you can experience that all over life. It's just that the route that we went, we've experienced maybe, I don't know, five or 10 times more than the average person just because we're having to be introduced to so many different things. And that's when it carries over. It's actually funny that, you know, you, you look at that exposure and, and, and how you get you get more used to getting introduced to newer things and the adversity of it. And it gets it doesn't get easier. You just you're a little bit more open to it. Right. And it's funny because when when we first and Josh can probably explain it to you how how big of an adversity it was when, you know, we first bought the boat and uh, how, how that process was. So I'll, I'll give it to him. For that. I mean, just on that, you know, you. Well, on what Jordan said, you, you get so used to learning new things, things that are complex and dangerous, maybe even, and then you master them and you become good at these things. And it doesn't take that much time. You just realize you have to dedicate yourself. And, uh, you know, so you see something as maybe imposing as, you know, sailing around the world and it just doesn't seem that hard, you know, because I've learned stuff before I can learn stuff again. Yeah, I, I I love it. I mean, I think we talk about it a lot where, you know, you want to become comfortable in uncomfortable scenarios or situations, get comfortable being uncomfortable. The more you push those boundaries, the more you expose yourself to that thing, whether it's just taking a cold shower every morning just to do it. You know, there are physiological, but there are also psychological benefits to doing that. And I think, and for our listeners, I mean, the more that we all expose ourselves to these things you're, you're inoculating that that fear or that that fight or flight response that you know that lizard brain of saying oh i don't know how to do this i can't do that and i shouldn't do that and i, I think the the more you do that whether it's just it, it could be small things but like you said jordan you guys have been exposed to it maybe five to ten times more than the average person just because of your training but you know, it's that mindset that it builds on itself, it compounds, and it allows you guys to see life the way you see it and, and live it the way you're living it. I mean, I think that's what speaks to a lot of our listeners is our hashtag is live optimal. You guys are about to embark on this really cool venture. We'll, we'll talk about it in just a minute, but I think it, it creates this mental, this, this ability you guys have actually trained your brains to not be scared by that, that kind of thing and to see. Uh, <laughs> it's like craziness. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about not being scared, but just being willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that all of us, like uh, even, well, me, it's, it's up front for me, but just having like the constant difficulty, like you said, and struggle, stress, um, and like pain, you realize what the, like, the after effects are of that. And I think that a constant... Uh, exposure to that really helps you see like the camaraderie you build with your buddies and it's like you know a love beyond love and so um you really start to experience that and you, you the only way to do it is through that that experience of of struggle and hardship and that that bond that you can't you know you can't make anywhere else you can't make that having beers or anything so it all comes with struggle so we know that's kind of uh, important for our own development too right so uh, you guys have been in, uh, you know, less than ideal living situations. You know, it's not like, like a lot of our listeners travel, right? So we're, we're looking for some tips to perform at your best physically. You know, things that you guys did throughout your careers that you knew would set you up for success. Let's get, let's get one from, from each of you guys, you know, because like I said, our listeners travel or, you know, whatever it might be. Because I know you guys are into the whole <laughs> optimization thing. You guys do the, uh, you tweak your coffee and yeah. I mean, I think we all definitely know how to travel. Like we've traveled a lot. So like with me personally, it was always a, a small Pelican case with like a burner pan, you know, cleaning utensils stuff like that. And then like I would I would try to go out and I'd cook my own food because uh, I feel like a lot of guys on the road would, you know, kind of push their regimen to the side because it was you know it was that easy, but. You know, lugging all that shit with you is obviously a pain, but yeah, definitely uh, food's very important. Like for, for us, I mean, especially it was just like, you know, we all wanted that, that sexy physique, but we also wanted it for, you know, mental clarity and uh, 
When you say cook your own food, like, I mean, were you actually hunting your own food too? Oh, or, no. Or yeah. were you just acquiring it at well, whatever yeah. grocery store? It's funny you mentioned that a few times, actually. You know, it was, uh, I tried to stop, like, on, if we had a break on a weekend or whatever, and we'd go fishing, and I would try to live off of that. Other than that, you know, it's shitty spots. You know, all you have is a Walmart or whatever, and you have to go in and buy stuff, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly traveling on the road in a plane whatever you know you can wait for 45 minutes to eat and you can find that walmart or you can find that grocery store and get some uh you know some fresher foods you know just being patient and waiting and grabbing that stuff instead of the the readily available gas station snacks is that's key yeah food is always a, a pretty good one I, it was always tough for me because i'm I'm an Italian guy and I really love good food and, and I think the the self control aspect of it like Josh was saying is is really you get hungry and you man you got to fight yourself to not eat that gas station crud or whatever you can put your hands on and find on that the self control thing's always a rough one sometimes i'm I'm pretty good at it sometimes I'm not but usually i I, I try to go ahead and get that workout in if i'm if I'm traveling. Like, and I get like a jet lag or something. And just to kind of get past that, I got to force myself to go to the gym just to reset everything, get the blood flowing again. So that's, that's always like a big priority of mine. Whenever I go place, I'm like, where's the CrossFit gym? Where's this? Where's that? You know, I need to go on a run or, or whatever. And you get that in like as soon as you get to where you are to kind of acclimate? Yeah, I will. But most of the time I get it right in the morning. Like I'll, I'll, I have a whole morning routine of how I do things. And, and one of it is getting a workout in. Give us the full morning routine. Okay. So when it's a good day, it's, it's waking up at a decent hour, like around 530. I go to the gym from six to seven. I come home and I've got, actually it's in my wallet of everything I do. I, I try to read a little bit, something educational, meditate for a little bit. I get like a good cup of tea and hang out. Usually something, if, if I know it's going to be a big day, I'll have like some good food, hydrate, drink some water, and then check emails and all that stuff. Because if I can knock out most of that stuff, I feel like that's the hardest part of my day. How many times are people trying to catch up with like emails and stuff, you know? Yeah, and that's something interesting. We, we just put out a, a procrastination course, uh, anti-procrastination course. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for you guys. <laughs> that's like, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. You and and one, of the, one of the things that we talked about was not checking email first thing. And, and, you know, we've got smartphones today. Everybody has them. And so many people check that without even getting out of bed. They're looking at social media or, or emails or whatever. You know, and, and whatever comes in, whatever input you receive from that, you know, that's hijacking your day as opposed to, like you said, waking up with intention, doing, you know, things for yourself or, or even if it's even if you're going to go straight to work, knock out the one thing that's most important uh, for your day first, then start checking email and, and worrying about those things. So, yeah, thanks for sharing the morning routine. I love it. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's look forward. What is Endless Frontier? What does it mean to you guys? And, uh, you know, let's hear about it. All right, so what I've, um, I've kind of got is, you know, you get this feeling that everything's been discovered. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. There's, you know, it's kind of sad because we're almost genetically predisposed to be adventurous, to want, you know, to go and discover and, and find new things. And it's, you know, disconcerting or saddening to see that everything's already already been done but you know you, you one specific role model for me is uh you know chris mccandless or uh, alexander supertramp and uh what he did is you know he basically recognized this and you know he threw away the maps you know and realized that everything is new to him and and so that's kind of what we're what we're trying to embody there's everything new out there to us and if we can just go and find it then you know there's endless discovery for us and it can be physical spiritual mental what have you okay so brady as you guys embark on this and if you want to add to that feel free to add to that too but but as you embark as you guys set sail i mean what kind of things do you guys envision doing along the way well like really just something that we've said over and over is just flying by the seat of our pants doing everything that we love doing and some of that revolves around you know mountaineering a lot of alpining a lot of climbing uh jordan's really big into base jumping i'm sure you'd like to hear about that but learning how to surf learning how to fish you know like i didn't really grow up fishing too much and i'd like to get some of that under my belt and some experience and so 
spearfishing our food or whatever, just kind of kind of living day to day in, in a nice slow pace so we can experience everything. And so, yeah, just stuff like that, really. I love it. So I, one of the things that kind of keeps coming back as, as a theme or, or narrative with you guys is, you know, community, uh, that, that mindset of, you know, getting as much out of life as you can. Uh, but also that, that you guys are lifelong learners and, and that doesn't necessarily have to be textbook learning. I mean, I know, Josh, we've talked about, you know, some of the books you know, that, that you guys enjoy reading, but, but also the fact that, I mean, you just said like, hey, we don't know how to surf, but, yeah. but that's one of the things that I want to learn how to do. So I'm going to do that. And, and we've talked on the podcast with uh, neuroscientists and, and brain health experts, and, and we know that, you know, the, the more we learn, the more we learn new and different skill sets, the better that is for brain health as we age. You know, it, it's increasing neuroplasticity. It's fighting off uh, neurodegeneration. You know, so, so there's that whole side of it, but there's also just getting as much out of life as you can. And I think it's cool that you guys are saying, you know, look, here's all these things that we don't know how to do. And with the sailboat, you guys can say, all right, well, maybe right now you don't live in the best place to learn how to surf, but mm -hmm. you can go there on the boat yeah, exactly. and find an expert. <laughs> And, and that's another thing we talk about. Anything that you guys, that any of us want to learn, find somebody who's better at it than you, who's been there, who's done it, and, and knows how, and, and that lowers the obstacle, lowers the barrier, shortens the learning curve. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's really cool. Uh, you mentioned base jumping. Jordan, is this a new hobby or? It is a new hobby. It's, it's, it's very recent. <laughs> and I feel so bad for my mom. You know, she's a sweet old Italian lady, such a saint. And for me to first have told her, hey, I'm going to join the military at a younger age, she was like, oh, no. You know, it hurt her because she was very sad about it. She didn't want to see her boy go away. You know, six years later, I talked to her again. I said, hey, Mom, I'm, I'm getting out and I'm buying a sailboat. And she's like, oh, geez. Oh, no. Oh, you know, freaking out again. I'm like, okay, cool. So I now I got into base jumping two months after I decided I was going to buy the sailboat. So I, I figured I'd kind of find a nice way to tell her. So I called her up and I said, Mom, I got into base jumping. And devastated her. <laughs> devastated. You really lady, found a man. nice way to tell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was I was waiting for like this yeah. this great scheme. Oh man, yeah, she's such a such a nice lady, and for her to have to go through that, I, she she deserves an award. She'll get one one day, but as of right now, you know, she has to live with all the crazy stuff I'm doing, and it it was a pretty interesting way I got into it too. So, um, how was that? Well, <clears throat> I guess in the base jumping community, the only way to get into it is to know somebody. So, you know, my last uh, my last time I was over in Europe, I got introduced to a guy, and he was like, "Man, you know, we were talking, we had some beers." He's like, "You know, we should. Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't you try it, man?" I found out he's a base jumper. I was like, "I'd give it a shot." He's like, "We'll do it tomorrow. I'll pack the shoot for you. We'll meet up and we'll jump." And I was like, "Cool. We're gonna go over some classes." So we drive over. I meet him at a park, and he comes up and picks me up, and he's like, "All right, we need to drive an hour from here to another spot." We drive over there. It's a, it's in the middle of the night. I'm like, "Man, are we gonna like go to your place and actually go over a PowerPoint?" And he's like, "No, we're jumping off the bridge right now, man. It's like 400 feet." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, dude, that's crazy. Get out of here!" So we walk up to the bridge. We go through that whole process. 400 feet is pretty low for a base yeah, jump, it right? It is. It's pretty low, but you know, it's, it's he just he went ahead and he was like, "Everything's gonna be okay." He was in the sound of his voice was great. You know, it was very calming. I believed him completely. And But looking into the safety of it all, he was going to do what they call a pilot assist, so or pilot shoot assist where he'd pull it, and it'd open up right when i jump off. So it was like a, just to get my feet wet. And we did that about three times until he was like, look, that's great. I don't have like the whole, I don't have my whole time to teach you because you're leaving soon, but you should probably get plugged into another person when you go back to the States who will teach you more about it. Now, I actually just saw a, uh, a documentary on, Shane McConkey, and it's called McConkey. It's on either Amazon or, or Netflix. Um, and, and I was introduced to him through the book, The Rise of Superman. We've talked about that book a lot on the podcast before. It's a great book. If you guys haven't read it, strongly recommend it. You'd probably love it. But it talks about flow states and, and extreme sports athletes. And, and I believe that Shane McConkey is in there quite a bit. But watching that documentary, I found out that Base jumping is illegal. There's only one place in the U.S. to legally jump. There's like some bridge out in the West, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so, that's so, so that's why you're saying like you kind of have to know somebody and, mm -hmm. and that's how you get plugged into it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's 100% correct. And that's where we actually went to go get trained was over the one place you're telling that's legal. is in, like Idaho? Yeah, Idaho. Twin Falls, Idaho. And that was, that was a great experience too. There's guys over there who are, who are very well 
plugged into the community and that they have a ton of experience. And so they teach you from like beginning to end, which is great. I mean, you, you need to have some sort of a good instruction. And to get into that course, you know, you need to know somebody else. Or you need to Google it and make contact. And I did all of it the right way, except for the prerequisites, of course. But everything was... <laughs> why, why, why don't you tell them that? <laughs> the, pre, the prerequisites are you need to have 200 free fall jumps. I only had 50. Skydiving. Skydiving, yeah. So I, I, I was lying. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say I lied. I withheld information to do it. <laughs> but I felt very confident in my ability to go forth with it. So I, I contacted, I said, hey, you know, I, how many jumps do you have, Jordan? I was like, well, you know, I think I got a, a little bit under 200. And they're like, oh, that's great. You know, come on down. And, it, you know, realistically, I had 50. It was, it was below 200, but not, you know, close enough. Right. And, and, you know, as, as time went on through the course, it showed that I was lacking in 200 jumps. So yeah, it, was, it was funny because they actually, they, right when you get there, there's a bunch of PowerPoints. They sit you down. They teach you how to pack. You pack. You keep on doing that. And the first day you do like six jumps and they do all the packing and then the second day comes around and, and they're like all right now you need to pack and i'm like shit man i don't know how to pack at all i don't, I don't really know if i'm doing it right I'm, I'm getting like 20 checks on each pack job just to make sure it's okay and you know with all the information all the all the skill and and teaching that they they gave us all the classroom time you, you would figure that that's a, about enough time but it, it's really fast paced it's a steep learning curve too and even going up to the bridge and doing that, it was, uh, you know, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, did I pack that shoot right? You know, so it was a pretty interesting, interesting time over there. So you mentioned, like, that the lack of skydives uh, showed as you were base jumping. Like, how did you make up for that? Like, how did you kind of close that gap? Learn really quick. Yes. <laughs> Learn really so, quick. But, Steep but tell our listeners curve. how they can do that. Okay, so, you, well, first... Um, Focus, ask questions. If somebody says like something and then you don't really know, I mean, I was, I was after class, I was talking to the guy and I was like, look, man, I need to eat, breathe and sleep base jump. I didn't get that much sleep in the course either. So it would be like, Hey, you need to go and pack. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I brought all my stuff back to the hostel that I was staying at. I borrowed a shoot from him because I, I was like, man, I, I still need to practice this stuff. He's like, all right, take this back, practice all night. And then one of the guys, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for more instruction. I mean, I made it a point that I had a problem with it, and he actually sent one of the instructors back, and we worked on it for a good amount of time. There you go. So self-prescribed homework, ask for help, <laughs> yeah. some tutoring. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. What else do you guys want to, to talk about in terms of you know, your, your goals for the trip and you know, what you envision with that? Um, yeah, I'm, I guess just have fun. Like, well, yeah, we didn't really put like a... I guess like an end date on it, right. you know, so we're just keeping it so open and like we're, we're setting our, uh, you know, we're setting our bearing towards, you know, the Bahamas at first. And that's then, the first stop. Yeah. You know, then we'll see where it goes from there. It's really, there's no science to it. And I think that's the beauty of it because uh, we don't know what we'll be thinking then, you know, we all could be sick of each other. We want to just get the fuck <laughs> off the boat, but, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> well, we got three rooms on that thing so we can lock, lock each other in, you know what I mean? If we need to, Get some space. clarity, yeah. <laughs> Jump off the boat and hold onto a rope. And I got some uh, some noise canceling headphones, so I think that's key. You know, get tired of each other, but uh, boost up the meditation too. You know, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a real fun time. I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, we can share it enough where people can live vicariously through us, and hopefully, get somebody off the off the couch or out of the hamster wheel. Yeah. So. Let's talk about that side of it. I mean, you guys, you're going to be on social media. You, you, you guys are already on Instagram. It's endless underscore frontier. Yeah. Okay. Um, so go follow these guys. You'll be able to see, you know, what they're doing, where they're doing it. But how do you plan to inspire people? What is it that you want people to take away from following or, or watching you guys? Again, like we didn't know anything like we we kept our homework very like minimal i guess just to kind of dive into it and i learn on the fly so um we're going to be learning and people who are watching us are going to be learning with us so it'll be it'll be all an experience and i'm sure some some old salty guys are going to pick us apart but um it, it's all part of it you, you guys know? have thick skin you you'll take that yeah exactly and, yeah you know use it right so it's it, it's funny our you know our mentor is always like oh you guys are nowhere close to being ready nowhere close to being ready you know it keeps 
keep saying that, but you know, we keep we keep pushing through, I guess, and we we feel like November would be, you know, the best time for us to set out and uh, you know, experience everything. So but other than that, I mean we all kinda have our own departments. Josh is taking over like the communication side. Um I'm kinda the grease monkey on things, you know, so I'll be I'll be learning that engine from front to back. So and then like we have like a little outboard motor, so I'll be taking care of that. Jordan's actually going to be taking care of most of the cooking because uh, he likes doing that. And then, uh, yeah, so we'll try to make it work. We'll have a little uh, collateral duties or whatever, so to speak, and make sure the boat's clean. And our way of making money, honestly, is just going to be, you know, if we really need it, we're going to pull off somewhere and, like, get a bartending, bartending gig or something like that or work at some guy's farm or, or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. And it's, it's really not that hard if you just put forth the effort. There's, there's tons of things out there and hopefully take some people on some guides, do some climbing, maybe do, you know, a little diving, take some people on some dive guides and, you know, see where it all goes. I'll volunteer to be one of the people that you guys take on a, <laughs> on a <laughs> climb or dive or whatever. So. Well, that's the thing, man. It's just, it's just such an easy, uh, such an easy platform. It's just, we, we weren't into sailing at all. You know, we just saw the, the, the boat is like our, our mode of transportation and a house, and it happens to be really cheap. You know, we won't be spending a shit ton of money on fuel. You know, it, I figured we'd just get the sailing thing down, like, you know, somewhat. It, it doesn't take much to be a sailor. I guess it just takes a lot to be a good sailor. So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to take that, like, through the roof on some things. You know, we still want to experience other things. So um, it's really just a platform. We could, I mean, we will actually, like, dock it off for a while and go inland and see what we can see what kind of trouble we can get get into i guess so you mentioned bahamas was first like uh, for each of you guys what what's one place or stop that has you most excited to to visit Ooh, yeah we all kind of have our own i guess like about the bahamas specifically or? no like after the bahamas or if bahamas was your one then then that one but oh man for me it's it's probably north africa I'm like really looking forward to, to trying to get to Morocco and Algeria and Tunisia. You know, those places. I've, I've had a couple of uh, French teachers that are from there and the way they describe it, it's just, it sounds amazing. It sounds like the wild, wild west and, you know, it's just 5,000 years of history boiling over in, a, in an incredible culture, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to hit on it again with, with Endless Frontier, I mean, that's, he just said it right there. Like we have heard so many stories. Yeah, you can, I mean, nowadays you can get on virtual reality TV or whatever and just damn near experience, you know, that, that situation. But um, for us, it's just all new. And we want to we wanna experience that, you know, through our own eyes and be able to tell, you know, our grandkids one day, like, you know, this is what we did. We were fucking crazy, you know what I mean? What's the one place that, that you go to bed and like, man, I, I can't wait to go there? I think it would, I don't know, for me, it's Australia because I, I grew up like with horses and ranching and stuff like that and around cattle. And so Brady's from Texas. Yeah. Sorry. I'm from Texas, everybody. But, uh, so yeah, that, that is like, I don't know, that's fascinating, you know, Australian cowboys and some of the, uh, the, the indigenous people there. Aborigines. Yeah. I guess, I guess this tea, you know, I don't know. It's questionable. I don't know. <laughs> I fed them uh, Myco tea. We gave them uh, the Myco Mind and Myco Boost as tea before we recorded. So, um, <laughs> everything's working pretty. Just good. a quick little bump, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes, me, you makes my brain feel now. a little better. <laughs> what place do you dream about, Jordan? Papua New Guinea. All right. I, I've <laughs> heard important. stories about it. I've I actually it was a good buddy of mine. He was a Norwegian, and he was like, "That's the place I want to go to." because it's the most untouched, you know, the farther you go in. And I'd like to see how far back I could find it, you know, how far back the, the civilizations are over there. And there's like 30 different cultures within that small of an area. So I'd like to go see all that. Awesome. Pretty cool. All right. So let's do a couple of rapid-fire questions for you guys then. Um, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Be bold, be bold, and everything be bold. Who gave you that advice? Mr. Ergel. He's a guy that went to my church, you know, when I was when I was growing up and he gave me a graduation card when I left high school and that's all it said in it. No money, no nothing. Just be bold, be bold and everything be bold and it's yeah. 
I, re- I really liked that, and I've, that, I've hung on to like, that. As a 17 or 18-year-old, you're like, man, there's no money, what a dick. But, but what he wrote stuck with you way longer than that money ever oh, would yeah. have. Awesome. For me, I can't really exactly remember who said it. I mean, that doesn't make it any less significant, I guess, but it was, it was a rocking chair test, and he was like, think about yourself in a rocking chair when you're 80 years old, and are you, you willing to you know, live out the rest of your years peacefully knowing that you did everything you wanted to do? And so you know, I had some serious question with what we were going to do and if it was kind of going to put my life on hold, but I mean, I came to realize that this is everything I need right now. So definitely the rock and chair test. So I would say that mine was never take no for an answer, dot, 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 unless it's regarding women. So, <laughs> and you know, my mentor who I had in the Navy at that time said that specifically because after a couple beers, I was like, what? Never take no for, that means everything. And so he had to clarify, which was great. You know, what a smart guy. But uh, yeah, that, that has gotten me pretty far. You know, it, it, anytime somebody says no to you, there's always a way. Yeah. There's always. So just hearing that was a great way for me to continue to keep on doing that, exactly. Awesome. And of course, uh, you are what you eat. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Don't confuse your desire for hardship for a desire for combat. That's that's the advice that I would give. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how do you, how do you how do you start something after that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would just I don't know, man. I, I feel really comfortable with uh, everything I did, so maybe I'd just do the same thing. Honestly, like I I feel like I went into it open-minded and uh i mean shit if i did it anymore i'd, I'd believe everybody so but uh you know i i, I just took on a, a good mentor and it, that was it for me really I, that's the most important piece for me okay i tell myself to expose yourself to as much as possible volunteer for everything so you can learn it's better to have too much on your plate in life than not enough so then i just kind of throw my pencil down and walk out with the peace sign to my to my past self (laughs) and one thing when when brady when you were talking earlier i wanted to to point this out uh for our listeners i mean i it could easily i i know some details that maybe we've glossed over for our listeners so it could easily sound like you guys are being a little bit irresponsible and just like you because you said is this putting my life on hold you know you guys have worked for a few years You, you have you know, you guys are, are retiring, so you have some passive income coming in. You also own a house, and it's being rented, so you have income coming that way. So it's not like you guys are just throwing everything aside and, you know, becoming vagabonds, right? And I think that's just something that I want to make sure our listeners know. And it's like we're not saying, like, you know, drop out of school and go sail around the world <laughs> with, with no skill set or, or anything like that. Well, I, I actually think we're probably closer to that than you might imagine. Um, <laughs> we uh, we were only in for six years, you know, a piece, maybe you know, a little bit longer here and there, but six years doesn't get you any retirement. Okay. So we have no passive income coming in, or at least I don't. Uh, you know, okay. Okay. Jordan won't either, as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, go ahead. so you are a little bit more irresponsible. <laughs> no. Um, and I, I think we were talking about it earlier, Ryan. It's just that, like, clearing up like some of that that you hold in your head as far as uh you know even like materials everything requires some maintenance you know what i mean and it can be as many apps as you have in your iphone you know it it all requires something and it kind of stresses you out a little bit along the way and so we well me personally i I gave everything into the boat like Mm -hmm. entire savings just gone and so that, that freed me up so much like something about it and then i i basically uh, limited myself with what I was going to bring on the boat because it's not a house, you know? So, um, I ended up with a duffel bag and then, you know, a few boxes of gear. And so it's just, wow. Like I have nothing else. That's great. That's a really powerful thing. I mean, there, there's, you know, this concept of minimalism and, you know, uh, trying to get away from material world, material possessions, things like that. I mean, so that, what you just said is going to hold true for all three of you guys. I mean, there's limited space on that boat. 
you know, what was that like kind of sorting through all of your belongings and, and choosing like, this is what's coming, this is what's not coming? Is it liberating? Yeah, I mean, I, I read something somewhere and it's on minimalism, but it's, it's about being okay with less, but about being happy with more. It's about being able to enjoy anything and everything. So even though you're not bringing everything, you know, it doesn't matter. I can still, I can still enjoy, you know, these, these few possessions. No, but I mean, it was, it seemed easy. Throw a bag on, make sure we've got the right gear, call it good. Same. The more stuff I got rid of, the better I started feeling. Then just kind of turn that over to the boat what I really need versus what I wanted. I, I mean, I came on that thing where the, the whole room was packed. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking in there, I'm like, man, I think I can sleep on this bag and kick my feet up over on that one and uh, figure it out from there. But, you know, then I took a second glance and I was like, what am I, why, why don't I bring pajama bottoms? You know, what, what is that? I sleep naked. You know, what is this ridiculous? <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> so, you know, pajama bottoms, gone. You know, so slowly getting rid of things and, right. you know, you realize how much you really I guess don't need, yeah. you know, it's crazy. So that, that's been eye opening for me so far. So I, I, I want to know, um, the craziest use or application that you've ever had to use paracord for. And while you guys think, I mean, for our listeners, I'm, I'm referring to like, if you've ever seen those like survival bracelets or, or whatever that, that you can wear that have like the, the really cool material, it's paracord, oh. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, for me personally, number one, like trumps everything else, is uh, a clothesline. Like I can stretch a clothesline pretty freaking tight, and it can hold some weight on that paracord. So that is a uh, your weight. No, no, no. Like you didn't, like, you didn't like, zip line down it. <laughs> no, not like slack line or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, you can throw, you know, quite a bit of a, you know, weighted clothes from like being wet or whatever. So. Uh, that's number one for me. I guess number two, uh, from the boat, like we, we didn't have a, uh, a functional reefing line. And for people who, who don't know what that is, is it, it takes the mainsail down a notch or two or three to uh, kind of roll with the punches as far as the wind goes. So if you're in some heavy wind, some heavy seas, you take that down and the boat's a little bit more uh, controllable. And so we, we didn't have anything. So we just laced um 550 cord through the through the boom through the sail so it was uh, a lot i mean shit it held up really nice so we have uh, all kinds of uses for it really you guys all laugh so you all have to contribute an answer to that i mean we another one on the boat and obviously this shows you how much we know but uh the top car on the on the mainsail had come detached from the uh from the mainsail itself there's a little webbing tab that sort of chafed until it parted. Uh, so we connected the mainsail to its top car with paracord and a little piece of one-inch webbing. <laughs> that was months ago, and it's still there and still working. So, <laughs> so that's, that might be the craziest thing that I've done when you consider how much money is tied into that, that little paracord knot. What you got, Jordy? Well, I've, I've, I've used 550 cord from interesting party tricks to, um, you know, helping out on the boat as much as possible. But boat-related stuff, I'd say those are probably the top two. I, my party life with the uh, 550 cord is a little bit more interesting, but I, I feel like we want to keep it work-related. So, okay. <laughs> okay. so uh, we, we, we talked about this the other night. You know, you guys are, are looking maybe down the road at, at introducing your own line of outdoor equipment or, or provisions, however you want to phrase it. And, and, you know, I think this gives our listeners insight into you guys' ability to, you know, solve some problems. And, you know, we, we talked about, you know, how you guys modify everything that you have. None of your, uh, your outdoor equipment or gear is, you know, stock or, or factory. You've got, you guys have all made modifications on, on all that stuff. So um, anything you guys want to say about, like, the, the future there for, for Endless Frontier? Uh, yeah, I mean, just one of the things that like I think we've underestimated each other on and also surprised is like how much we do know gear and how much we have, you know, tested it. We were forced to. So it, I don't know, I've had some gear that's, you know, saved my life. So I know what good gear looks like and feels like. And so um, we, we toss it back and forth. And, uh, 
you know, just, I mean, start slow and like jam up a few items and then have that fund the next. So like have it fund our, uh, you know, perfect jacket that we can make or, or whatever for, um, a certain situation. And so, um, so that should be interesting, but I mean, just, just one thing that we keep true to ourselves is that like, no matter what endeavors we do with that, isn't going to fund like our, um, adventure. Like we want to keep just because, I mean, before, like we decided to share this with people, we were doing it anyways. You know, we all had this crazy idea. So we want to keep that part organic because we want to learn more that way. We never want to be in a spot where, you know, the engine fails or something. And we're like, oh, let's just buy a new one. You know, whatever. Like we got the money. So we want to keep it to where it's that hardship again. Yeah. You know, and, and that might make us sound even crazier, but. Right. But yeah. the adventure, you know, is kind of its own entity and it, it has to sustain itself. And then if there is a business side or a product side, then that's all its own. Yeah, it's all its own separate, separate gig. So I think that's really important. All three of us mm -hmm. is to, you know, bear down and go through like the hardships and figure out a way to do it. And that goes back to what I was saying with the camaraderie and the, I don't know, some of the clarity on that, just being able to sleep at night. So that's, that's the main thing for me. I mean, as far as gear goes right now, I mean, it's just, you know, daydreams sort of stuff. I mean, we, we haven't even begun really planning on it, but, you know, if we were going to make it, a lot of the stuff that, you know, we encountered is just the simple option is sometimes the best option. Um, you know, I can't crawl around in the dirt in my puff jacket because it'll get torn up, but what if it was made out of waxed canvas? You know, is it going to be that much heavier? Do I really need it that light? Am I actually climbing Everest? Like, no. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's just, Kind of thoughts like that, you know, maybe make stuff a little more durable, a little heavier, but, you know, it still does its job. All right. Keep holding the mic, Josh. We're going to start with you on the next one. So normally uh, we've got two questions left. Normally we'll give our, our guests a chance to tell our listeners where to find more of them, uh, but you guys are not going to be able to be found geographically. Uh, but we want them to follow you guys on Endless underscore Frontier right. on Instagram. There will be a Facebook page soon, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's ask you another question then. One or two books that you would recommend for our listeners? Oh, man. You got to narrow it down. Yeah, I know. I hope you don't take mine. <laughs> uh, one book, if I could choose it. What if you could only take one book on the sailboat? What would be the book you took? Oh, man. That's even harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going yeah. to th think on this one. So, uh, I mean, since you guys don't know, Josh is like the bookworm one there was a certain point in his life where I caught him reading a book a day, you know, and I was like, dude, dude you got to stop. Like it's, it's taken over your life. You know what I mean? And so, uh, for me, it's really easy because I'm not a big time reader, but, um, something that really changed my life was the alchemist. You know, a lot of people have read that. And then, uh, Lakota way. It's definitely, it was, uh, it's, it's just short stories of some of the, the past on, um, stories and experiences from, you know, the Lakota people. So, I actually, uh, for a most recent book that I read, I'd recommend Outliers, actually. Towards the beginning, it was a little hard to pick up, but towards the end, it talked about, you know, just what breeds, you know, passion and success amongst people. There's a bunch of different factors, some of them being the genetics, some of them being, you know, how you were raised, you know, nature versus nurture. But at the end of the day, you know, even with an IQ score, you know, whatever, they, they do all these different analysis of, you know, what makes people successful. But at the end of the day, it all revolves around the same thing. So it's hard work. Even the people who have that 200 IQ score or they have the best place that they've grown or, or, or they have everything opened up for them, if they're not going to work hard for it, it's not going to happen. And then the underdog who's out there busting his butt every day, I mean, he's going to He's gonna, he's gonna do it. Yeah, exactly. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yep. Well said. So, what's the book, Josh? Uh, it wouldn't be any single book, and it would vary from person to person. But it's whatever book your heroes are in. It can be anything. It can be Star Wars. It can be Lord of the Rings. It can be the Bible. It doesn't matter. The book with your heroes is the one that you should take because we end up becoming the heroes that we enjoy reading about. All right. So 
You can't dodge the question forever. What <laughs> book are your heroes in? I don't know, dude. There's so many. Uh, probably Stephen Pressfield's Gates of Fire. Let's do that one. I'm a, I, I'm a Pressfield fan, so we just... Like, we just had a stepbrothers moment where we just said John Stamos at the same time. <laughs> We're going to go and do karate in the Good garage. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. All right, final question. Your top three tips to live optimal. Let's give our listeners nine, since there's three of you guys. All right. Um, first things first, work as hard as you can, as long as you can, or as long as you have to, rather, in order to, you know, pay off your debts or, you know, do what it takes to become free because when adventure calls or options arise and you can't go and do something because you have to keep the job that you have in order to pay the debts that you've accrued, um, that's a, that's a sad day. For me, it's definitely meditation and people don't have to start off like super extreme, you know, light and incense, listen to a gong, but definitely find that quiet time to where like nothing else can tax you because uh i mean for me personally like that's how i found myself and how i was able to really realize what what makes me tick so before before jordan gives his first one um josh do you meditate not in i guess the traditional sense of meditation i mean i'll just stare off blankly at the wall and think about whatever's you know running so through my head i just find it fascinating that you know, all three of you guys, you, you guys have both mentioned meditating. Josh, you have your own way of doing it, but, but all three of you have realized the importance of, of that. And I mean, at a very young age and, you know, coming from a demographic where maybe the outside world doesn't see you as somebody who would uh, find that. Uh, I just, I, we talk a lot about meditation on the podcast. I think the fact that all three of you have found it at an early age uh, and are known as, you know, elite performers mentally and physically, uh, you know, it, it's evidence for the importance of that for our listeners. Uh, for me, getting a, a, you know, again, with part of that morning routine, just getting a good workout in the morning, that helps me all the time. You got anything else, Josh? No? Routine? <laughs> Question everything. Take nothing as gospel. Uh, no matter who says it, no matter how important they are to you, question everything and, and prove everything for yourself. I'll mention it again, a mentor. You know, finding a, uh, a guy you can really learn from or, or woman that uh, can kind of... Uh, explain their experiences you know in a different light if you're if you're going through something you know that maybe they've experienced it 10 times and so uh, surround yourself by good people too so i carry that keep doing something that keeps your mind going always have like a book or or some little game you're playing and keep the mind sharp that's always important uh, i'd say have fewer Better friends. I've got very few that I consider friends, and you know these two are, and they're very very important. Um, you know they keep me honest, they keep me going. Uh, sometimes they'll keep me safe. So sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, that's that's incredibly important. Quality of friends. Um, just diving into shit. I mean that's what got us here. So. Uh, try not to do too much homework on stuff. It kind of draws people away. And uh, I think that once, you're, once you've made that jump and you're, you're on the other side, I mean, it might not always be greener, but I, I believe your, your grass is the greenest where you water it. So I think just, just jumping in full force and uh, try to get some of your buddies to jump with you. <laughs> Don't ever forget your roots. As you grow in life and you make that next evolution or whatever you're thinking about or becoming i think it's always good to keep that connection you know that that ties you to the family that ties you to good close you know friends and you know i think it's really important to never forget where you came from you know while you're making moves to being a better you beautiful gentlemen this is uh it's been a blast uh hopefully you guys listening have enjoyed this one um make sure you go to naturalstacks.com we'll have the video version 
uh, on the blog post with links to the books that we talked about, any of the resources, um, all that stuff will be on the blog post for you guys to pursue uh, if you want more. Uh, make sure you go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show. If we read your review on the air, we'll get back to doing that on next episode. Uh, we'll hook you up with free Natural Stacks products. And as always, share the OPP with your friends, with your family, the people in your life that you know would benefit from and enjoy the things that we're talking about here on the show. Uh, that's how we help more people. That's how we reach more uh, so, you know, if this one helped you, if anything in this resonated with you and you thought about somebody else in your life, share it with them. That's it. We'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Guys, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, we'll see you later. Glad you had us. <laughs>